0: cats two pussies this is ronnie and this is Lindsay. and we have got holiday horrors part two, part two. <laughs> <laughs> i did not get any better this week at that <laughs> i thought it sounded great <laughs> we have got a super fun exciting episode we are in fact going to do a part two to holiday horrors yeah so if you haven't listened to part one, it's non-sequential. You can totally like listen to this and then go back and listen to the other one. But there were just so many more cool, cryptid folklore tales around the holidays. And this one is going to focus
1: specifically on Yule. Yeah, dude, totally. We were really excited to do these ones. We wanted to save them for last. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and extra special to us as
0: we record this because we're... Busy people with crazy schedules, we are
1: recording this on Yule. Yes, we are. (laughs) We had a nice little biscuits and gravy brunch. We drank some Bloody Marys. We've had a couple of beers. We're good to go. (laughs) Perfect Yule so far. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I even managed to wake up at 3 o'clock this morning, as I am sort of typically prone to do, I suppose, but remembered that... At 2.30 was when Stonehenge was starting their live feed. So I got to like pop on to YouTube and check out the the sunrise
1: at Stonehenge for the winter solstice. Dude, I saw the screenshot that you took and posted on our Instagram, 5C2P pod. And it was so dope. It was really cool. It was really cool to like at 3 a.m. our witching
0: hour kind of thing pop in and be like, yeah
1: that is pretty. (laughs) It was really pretty. I totally forgot about it. I'm glad you remembered. That's really cool. And then I promptly like went back to sleep.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So Lindsay, how was your week? You've been
1: very busy, I feel. I have been busy. Uh, My bosses are opening a new restaurant and that sort of happening this week. In fact, today, I think is like the grand opening day. But we did like a tiny bit of a like, uh, friends and family thing this past weekend. And so I was there for that. But I've been there over the past like several months, at least once a month, but more recently, like once or twice a week. To just like go and help out and like get stuff ready and be like, oh, we forgot this or we forgot that or we should do this or and, and you know, so it has been busy, but it's been a lot of fun. And I'm really, really super proud of them. They've been working super hard for a long time to get this open it's never easy to open a restaurant (laughs) and
0: then we just add the fact that there's you know mask restrictions and occupancy restrictions and people's general like
1: like stress on your pocketbook and everything else and they're going for it anyway Yeah. yeah they decided to open a restaurant in the middle of a pandemic which it seems bananas but I think it's gonna work out okay Unless we get shut down again. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully if you're
0: listening out there, you are being a good and kind person, wearing your mask, doing all the right things. And if you're getting, you know, if you're getting takeout or you're going out to your favorite place to like snag a, a quick drink or a, a quick meal or a snack, you're tipping extra great because everybody's on reduced hours and extra stressed. So, you know. Tip those staff.
1: Yeah, we're we're there to to serve you and to make you have a good time and and do our best at it. But remember, yeah, we're not working a lot <laughs>
0: <laughs> unless
1: you're unless you're
0: Lindsay or Engineer Dan and it's opening week.
1: <laughs> and it's opening week. <laughs> <Yes>.
0: <laughs> well, through uh, I believe through one of your new coworkers, uh, I was unbeknownst to me, chillin. Waiting for Engineer Dan to get home the other day. And he came in with the brand new news of, would you like to have a kitten?
1: I am (laughs) really surprised that that's the first thing he said to you. Because I brought it up to him. Drunk Lindsay heard about some kittens and was like, Dan, Dan, Dan. I know somebody with kittens. <laughs> v was look- Ronnie was looking at kittens. Maybe you guys want kittens. And he was like, no. <laughs> but if Ronnie says yes, then yes. <laughs> well, so that it wasn't the very first thing he said to me upon
0: coming home, but it was pretty oh, okay. close. It was pretty close. And uh, I definitely went along the lines of Lindsay told me that you were looking at cats and <laughs> my response was Lindsay is drunk <laughs> and, I which was. is i mean it's not untrue <laughs> we shared a couple of really awesome like cats that were for our adoption here in the boston massachusetts area and i but i haven't looked at a fresh set of of baby kitten eyes in a while <laughs> on petfinder or any other resource and my immediate response was no we do not need a kitten and the two boys, like Django and Kenway, are super happy. They're really closely bonded. Django's really coming around. Even yesterday morning, like all th- like four of us were on the bed together, chilling. It was awesome. And then the thought pops into my head. What if I got a kitten and named him Rooster? Yes. And now that it has a name, it feels like a real thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I don't know where Rooster came from.
1: I think I, that's a great name for I, a cat.
0: I think it's a really cute name. And it just sort of popped into my head, a little orange kitten named Rooster. Rooster and and i i refuse to go see these kittens now because i know as soon as i see them i'm going to be like that one <laughs> and we don't need a third cat but if you're listening and you're in the like in the massachusetts area and maybe you do need a cat we got
1: you we yeah. can hook you up yeah we got you they're <laughs> supposed to be ready in like february or yeah, something yeah i think right? so they're just be just born oh so little Aww. baby kitties i think i for my next cat maybe i might go with a like a root vegetable name like carrot <laughs> radish oh radish is good i like, like radish
0: turnip turnip is weird, it is <laughs> a weird. but i like radish Oh, <laughs> you I mean, call him rudy for rutabaga oh rutabaga
1: Love that. <laughs> or maybe even potato potato is cute
0: i would call him patat which is potato in french oh yes <laughs> i
1: can totally have a french named cat that'd be super adorable patat
0: So, yeah, I'm going to sort of daydream about a kitten named Rooster. (laughs) I'm not getting a third cat. (laughs) Two cats is good. But in February, maybe a
1: third cat is good,
0: too. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I'm going to chew on it. I'm going to sleep on it a bunch more. (laughs) Maybe I'll put a poll up on Instagram just for fun to see what our listeners think. Should I get a kitten named Rooster?
1: I vote Yes. (laughs) <laughs> i always go yes
0: <laughs> well we will <laughs> throw that up on instagram we'll take a quick break we'll come right on back but as a reminder if you need to check that out give us your thoughts it is 5c2p pod at instagram and no matter where you are in the world you can check that out or maybe you've got like your own, you know, kitten Christmas story or you've got a little like, hey, I also have cats and cats to give away. Uh, you want us to like shout out your kittens to give away. You can do that, too. Drop us a line at 5C2P pod at Gmail.
1: Yeah, dude. Totally. We will see you real soon, which is That is in fact (laughs) the number of eyes. (laughs) (laughs) I just did the math on my phone and I was like, wait a minute, I totally knew how to add that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. 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 Okay.
0: Okay. We're coming back in. All right. Grilla.
1: Grilla. But first, candle. Candle. All right, ready to go in five, four, three. Welcome back. Aw, thanks. You know what
0: we forgot to do? Yeah, I know. We're the worst. I know. I can feel listeners out there being like, ha ha, I (laughs) got you. (laughs) Well, we remembered as soon as we made an MP3. (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) We're not perfect. But we do have a perfect new little candle for today. We do. It's the teeniest, tiniest, cutest little Yule candle that ever Yuled.
0: Yeah, I figured because we were doing like a Yule brunch and a Yule recording, I got tiny little pine cone that is just a one-day burn. This thing is smaller <laughs> than a tea light. It is so adorable. It is from Beverly Bees here in Massachusetts. Aww. They ship really fucking fast, too. It's been a while since we've had one from Beverly Bees, too, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it has. My last one was from somebody else. Uh, But I buy personal candles from them all the time. And our next candle will likely be from them. But for now, I'm going to light
1: our tiny itty bitty pine cone. Awesome. I find it so hilarious that you bought this teeny tiny little pine cone. Because I'm pretty sure in our last episode, or maybe it was the episode before, you were like, no more pine cones ever, ever.
0: Yeah, well, (laughs) this is tiny. This is like... It's not even quite golf
1: ball size. No, it's not. It's super, super teeny.
0: And the only reason I don't love the pine cone shape is that when it burns, down between its little petals, holes form and the wax leaks out and makes a big mess everywhere. But this is so small that it's in a dish twice its size. So I'm hoping that as that happens, it just floods the dish and it's not a big problem. But the last time this happened, (laughs) I got wax all over Engineer Dan's
1: guitar. This will be fine. His guitar is nowhere around here.
0: (laughs) Nope. (laughs) It's just sitting on top of the soundboard.
1: (laughs) We'll be (laughs) fine.
0: So our our cute little Yule candle is lit. I'll take a photo for the Instagram, but it's it's super adorable. And yay, Yule. Yay.
1: Ronnie. Yeah. Who are we going to talk about first? Oh, baby.
0: All right. So I'm super excited about this. We have three. Different holiday horrors to talk about today. Yeah. They're and all
1: related, kind of, too. They're
0: kind of all related. Yeah. It's like a family unit. It is. And they're all from Iceland. They are. So, we are going to start with a gorilla. Gorilla. That's G R Y with a little accent, L A. Yeah. Gorilla. She's a real pretty lady. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <Hi-ya. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> so, There's a lot to chat about here, but Grilla, essentially the like summarized version of this is Grilla is a troll who lives further north in like the hinterland areas of Iceland and is known as the Christmas witch. And she's basically this like tough badass ogress who lives in a cave, is one of many scary trolls in Icelandic folklore, is a matriarch of a strange family of creatures And attacks nearby towns, stealing the misbehaving children and turning them into stew, which she eats. Yum. (laughs) That's the summary.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Mmm, children. Yeah, in a stew. My favorite.
0: (laughs) So I'll give you a little background on old Grilla. So... Yule or I believe it's pronounced very similarly, like Yule, um, in Icelandic. I do not speak Icelandic, so just you know, that in case look, you're that wondering, looks, that looks <laughs> close to me. Yeah, but it's and I like it's the same idea. It's a midwinter holiday. It's sort of a version of the old Germanic uh, version of Yule. So. It's a time of gathering together, feasting, of celebration. Um, it's, but it's sort of generally darker than Christmas. So it's not just like you know, Christmas trees and lights and presents and all like sugar plum fairies and like all that sort of stuff. It's really fostered around the fact that this is the time in those like in Iceland and Northern Scandinavian countries and just sort of north of a certain parallel that like you're getting darkness. It's literally physically darker. This is where you start to enter that time period where some regions don't see sun. And this sort of ties in to all of that. So this is the period where, you know, it is, yes, a time of togetherness. But it's togetherness of all relatives, living and deceased. So it's a time where you honor those that have, like, died in the previous year. And they like, and that darkness that you felt over their passing. And bringing that to light and sharing in their memories. But it's also this sort of magical time where you celebrate and invite, like, elves and trolls and other magical creatures to like come hang out at your house (laughs) which is kind of cool and fun because I think the winter is very magical you've got this like long dark stretch ahead of you and like everything is done and now you're just kind of hunkered down like all of your harvest is done all of your work is done now it's just about surviving until the light comes back yeah and wouldn't it be nice if like the elves and shit could help you out with that it totally would So, like sometimes these creatures would visit um, in the flesh as like masked figures, and they'd go like farm to farm or house to house. And Grilla, which I believe is a translation for growler, was among these. So, Grilla started as a, a troll and ogress that would be part of this sort of like mythological collective that would come down from the mountains and down from the tundra and hang out and visit town to town, house to house. Uh, Grilla wasn't actually associated with Christmas until the early 1800s. So although she's known as the Christmas witch, that was a pretty late like introduction. Because Grilla is actually known as far back as the 1200s. Wow. So sh- this is a very old tradition. And in the uh, in the 1800s, there were a bunch of poems that began to link Grilla with Christmas. Because Yule was sort of out of fashion and Christmas was in. And so they just took that folklore and just mushed it into the new holiday and the new holiday season around that same area.
1: As is tradition for (laughs) most of the world, yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So prior to that, uh, when Grilla was just Grilla and not the Christmas witch, Grilla was actually sort of seen as the personification of winter. So, she oh. was, in folklore, she was winter coming down from the hinterlands to, like, check to see if you have done all your chores. And are you ready? And if you're ready, cool, good. I'll, le- like, pat on the head and, like <laughs> I'll ke- and I'll keep on going. But if you're not ready, I'm going to get you. Oh, my gosh. And I'm going to eat your children. Oh, my gosh. That's terrifying. So... I mean, I think that this also kind of ties in as well. Uh, Some of the folklore that I read around trolls in general in Iceland. I don't know if you've, there's a, there's a, I want to say it's a Norwegian movie. Maybe it's an Icelandic movie. It's a horror movie about trolls, but it's not trolls. It's called something else. And now I can't remember what it was. This is a terrible tangent story, (laughs) but I want to find it. I'm going to find it on our break. Okay. And it was excellent. And it's about troll hunters. Maybe it's just called troll hunters. And it's so really, it made me immediately as I was like reading about Icelandic trolls and Grilla, I thought about this movie and just like these
1: giant lumbering things through like this Nordic forest. And I thought it was both like kind of beautiful and horrifying. I think that there may have been a movie called Troll Hunters. I don't think that I watched it. When I first started reading about Grilla, I immediately started thinking of Beowulf and thinking that the like crazy mother weirdo in that poem which they did make a movie out of was grilla it wasn't it was grendel's mom who was given no name but she's very similar to grilla oh cool yeah i mean a lot of these like different areas are so close together that i think
0: i i feel like a lot of times there's like a lot of borrowing (laughs) yeah yeah No. totally Uh, So the troll part of it comes in where, you know, some people believed that, you know, she, like many trolls, actually controlled the landscape. So she brought winter with her uh, because they were often, trolls were often uh, sort of not blamed by the reason for like rock outcroppings and that sort of thing. They'd be like, oh, that like weird outcropping, a troll made that. And trolls sort of had this power to, like, possess the land and shape it to their will. And it was sort of seen that, like, humans were just, like, renters (laughs) or squatters on, the like, the land, like, the mystical, magical land that was Iceland. They're like, this doesn't really belong to us. We're just here. It actually belongs to these, like, magical creatures, including trolls. And I thought it was really interesting as well. One of the cool things that I found was that um, in the 13th century, grilla was actually just a general term for lady troll. Oh. It w- didn't actually refer to a specific creature that like came by on Yule. It was just, that's the lady troll word. And then slowly over time, it evolved, as language does, to mean a specific lady troll. And then from there the sort of myth and legend grew and the folklore grew through word of mouth often uh, because it wasn't actually like written down until, gosh, I want to say a lot of that wasn't actually written down until maybe the 13th century. But like, yeah, the, the earliest written records were found in the 13th century in like the form of historical epics and heroic sagas. But... You know, by that point, they had like sort of pinpointed like this is the Grilla. And so a lot of these poems were also written in long form about
1: her husband. Oh, her her first husband. She's she's had at least a few, I think.
0: Yeah. And the first (laughs) one, she got bored and ate him. Oh, she's <laughs> a real hungry broad, dude. <laughs> and now it's kind of unsure. She ha- She's definitely had a few since then. And he's sort of always depicted now as this like brow beaten, shuffling, like unintelligent, like troll. But I think by sort of troll definitions, they're sort of depicted as not that smart.
1: Oh, <laughs>
0: But, uh, you know, it's not like
1: old Grela is exactly a looker herself. I don't know, man. Some people might find her, her physical appearance pretty attractive. Well, here's what you got going for you if you do. <laughs> Based on these different sagas and epic
0: poems, they all describe her a little differently. But they are inclusive of, not limited to, having 15 tails, each of
1: which holds 100 bags with 20 children each. I wonder if, like, having the most tails makes men look at you and be like, wow, she can really breed them. Maybe. (laughs) Look how strong her butt is. (laughs) (laughs) Or
0: she could have 40 tails. She might carry those bags of children on her thigh.
1: She could have 300 heads each with three eyes. That's 900 eyes. (laughs) That's a lot of eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. Like 300 heads, that's a bit much. (laughs) That is. And 40 tails is a lot, too. There's no way I could fit 40 tails on my booty.
0: Well, if she doesn't have three eyes in the front of her face, she's definitely got eyes in the back of her head. All moms do, don't they? Right? (laughs) (laughs) She's got ears long enough to hit her nose. Oh. A long matted beard, blackened teeth, and hooves for feet.
1: Oh Grilla. Yeah. You're so pretty. <laughs> Sexy <and> biatch. <laughs> 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 so, <laughs>
0: so this description was clearly used to terrify children and be like, if you are not good, then like then Grilla will come and get you. And it was so potent and so effective that the government of Iceland in like 1764, I think. 1746. 1746. Damn it. Thank you. Close. Uh, They actually like outlawed the use of the legend as a scare tactic. Uh, Basically saying like, "This this is too much there were stories of uh, people going into schools to like teach art classes and drawing depictions of Grilla and the kids having to like go home crying. Oh, and so the government was like, yeah, no more, no more of this. This is cruel and unusual torture of children. And Oh, go ahead. I actually really love that. I
1: love scary (laughs) kids.
0: (laughs) Like how bad is this description that like kids are crying, (laughs) but instead of being eaten, It sort of morphed into Grilla would leave a rotten potato in their shoes. Ah. So she could still look as scary, but she wasn't going to come and steal them, put them in her sack, take them home, like cook them into a stew. And the stew was thought to be the thing that like
1: sustained her and her husband uh, throughout the long, long winter. Now, did you already mention when Grilla comes to visit? I haven't actually. I wasn't sure. Oh. Uh, so, I, I, don't, yeah. I don't know, so yeah. I'm, I'm actually asking.
0: Oh, yeah. So uh, I haven't actually mentioned that. And it is my understanding that she comes in the days leading up to Christmas. Okay. So she, like, it's sort of depending on where in the timeline you're finding this story. She either comes on Christmas or Christmas Eve because they tied her in as the Christmas witch. Or she comes leading up to Christmas, which encompasses Yule, and she comes on Yule as the Yule witch. And so it kind of depends on which version, but in the days leading up to Christmas is when she comes. Okay,
1: cool, cool.
0: And she does not come alone. She sure
1: doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> she does not come alone. In fact, Grela has... A pretty big family. She has, or at least these days, what people say is she has 13 kids. And they're all boys. And people call them the Yule Lads. She supposedly had these boys with her third husband, whose name is, I believe, pronounced Lebeluthi.
0: Now, I wonder what happened to the second husband. The first one we know she know.
1: ate. The second one, I'm going to guess she also she ate. Probably <laughs> She's really hungry. She probably <laughs> also ate him. Now, the Yule lads arrive to town around the same time as Grilla does. They arrive to town 13 nights before Christmas. And on these 13 nights leading up to Christmas, one will arrive each night. And they will stay each of them for thirteen days. So the first one is gonna arrive on like whatever thirteen nights before Christmas is. I like I'm not gonna do the math. I think it's maybe like the twelfth. <laughs> yeah, right? the twelfth. They're okay. gonna arrive on the twelfth, and then they'll leave on Christmas. The second one will arrive on the thirteenth. They'll leave on the twenty sixth. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. So there's you, like you got these thirteen big troll kids who are just like hanging out for. <laughs> For oh a while. God.
0: I thought they, they all showed
1: up. Like, I knew that they showed up different periods, but I thought they all left on Christmas. That's awful. Oh, yeah. No, they're there from the time they get there. They're there for 13 days. And one comes each night. So it's not just like, you know, one or two of them that are there for like a few days. They're like, at, at one point, you have all 13 of these fuckers just like wreaking havoc on your, ta- wreaking the, havoc on your town. That's awful. Yeah. But they are, like, I I think that they're awesome. So So each of these 13 nights leading up to Christmas, you did mention this a little bit, uh, children will place a shoe in their bedroom window. And every night, one Yule lad will visit that window. And they'll leave, like, sweets or small gifts for children that they know who have been good If they know that you've sucked, they're going to leave a rotten potato in your shoe. Rotten patat. Rotten patat. So, it's...
0: (laughs) Imagine, like... (laughs) Do they leave the gifts post-Christmas as well?
1: No. I think it's just in the 13 nights leading leading up to Christmas. Other than they're just freeloading. I think... That's a really good question, you know? <laughs> I didn't actually run across that. I was just wondering if you're dealing
0: with, like, 13
1: rotten potatoes or 26 rotten potatoes. I think <laughs> you could be. Because that's, that's pretty awful. Yeah, I think that you could be. Uh, and it could, like, I don't know if each Yule lad is going to visit every single house. It seems like a lot of work for them. I, th- I think that they're more into causing trouble than they are into like visiting every home of every kid each and every single one of them I think that they're just gonna be like oh here's a shoe did you suck all right (laughs) here's a rotten potato were you cool here's some candy all right we got you (laughs) now each yule lad has this like there's there's an idiosyncrasy about each and every single one of them and If you behave in a certain manner, it causes them to harass you in a certain way. And they all have these really great names. I did not write down the Icelandic word for the names because I'm going to be terrible at pronouncing them. But I do have the English translations for them and they are pretty good. (laughs) All right. I'm expecting like a the
0: sleepy, dopey, grumpy kind
1: of situation here. You're totally right, All dude. Right, it's sweet. It's it's along those lines. I think the names are better. <laughs> <laughs> All right, lay, it, lay it on us. All right. So this is in order how how they visit, which one visits in order oh, cool. from for each night. So the first night is going to be Sheepcoat Claude. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. So this guy is like really tall and has really stiff legs, for some reason I don't know why, but he he arrests a sheep and he'll like suckle the milk from the ewe's titties.
0: Ew. Yeah, it's
1: weird. It is weird. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> It is weird. It's more weird when
0: you think about him being really tall with stiff legs and then yeah, having to like get down to suckle a sheep.
1: <laughs> it's like trying to pee when you have morning wood, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. you got like kind of... I just kind of imagine that they have to, like, kind of lean against a wall and then to, like, angle themselves correctly to do it. I don't think you can pee when you're hard. I don't know. That's
0: my misconception, Oh, no.
1: I totally think you can. I'm pretty sure I've watched (laughs) a dude do it before. (laughs) (laughs) The second one is gully gawk. And this dude hides in, like, a ravine or a gully, and he waits for an opportunity to steal foam from buckets of cow's milk. Oh. Which is... A little weird, but not yeah. as weird as the first one. Yep. The next one's name is Stubby. <laughs> I immediately <laughs> love Stubby. <laughs> yeah. Stubby is abnormally small and likes to steal food from frying pans.
0: Oh, yeah, who doesn't? Yeah. I some bacon and
1: that sort of stuff. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, something's cooking, you want yeah. a little taste of it. I got I got it. I got it. So the next one is spoon liquor.
0: <laughs> Guess what spoon liquor does?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Gee, it's a real conundrum. <laughs> he likes to lick spoons. He's gonna lick lick all of the spoons—clean spoons, dirty spoons—you don't know.
0: Oh, I see. I immediately thought like he was looking like cake batter spoons. Oh no,
1: I uh, think he licks all just, of the. spoons He's just coming in to lick all your spoons. You. I, I think so. Yeah. You. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause that's gross. The next one is pot scraper, aka pot liquor. We got a lot of liquors, <laughs> you guys. and pot liquor steals leftovers from pots oh, and, and li- right. licks them clean. All right. The next one is bowl liquor. Oh, <laughs> yes. Uh, who steals bowls of food from under the beds of? People, I guess. So like back okay. in the old days, Icelanders used to sometimes store bowls of food under their bed. It, the, the, these would be like bowls with lids and they're called an askur. Oh, I don't cool. know if I'm saying that correctly, but yeah, there would be like bowls with lids. And I don't know if it was like a, we just need a place to put our leftover dinner or something. Or maybe we wake up in the middle of the night and we're hungry. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, but it sounds cool. The next one is this dude named Door Slammer who likes to slam doors in the middle of the night to keep people awake. Oh, um, I, I that guy could fuck right off. I would murder him. Yeah, he's a real dick. <laughs> <laughs> he sure is. <laughs> the next one is Skier Gobbler. Ooh. Yeah, oh, that's like an Icelandic yogurt. Yeah, yeah. He likes to eat the yogurt. Nice. Yeah that's my preferred type of yogurt mine too it's so tangy yeah and delicious <laughs> it's also like it's got a lot of protein in it yeah it's really good for you and it's <laughs> really tasty <laughs> I'm like yeah I, I, you know
0: what you know what skier liquor I get
1: you <laughs> uh, the next one is this guy sausage swiper ah, yes! <laughs> so sausage swiper hides in the rafters of your home oh, no. and snatches sausages that are that are being smoked. Oh, oh my. <laughs> it's a little creepy. <laughs> the next dude who comes to town is window paper.
0: Okay, so I saw a little picture of this dude, and it's just an artist's representation, but it was horrifying. I was like, yeah, yeah, you know what? Cute, cute,
1: cute, cute, cute. Nope. <laughs> yeah, he's just this like creepy dude who looks in your windows for shit to steal. Yeah, no, I'm not into that. <laughs> <laughs> the next one is my personal favorite doorway sniffer (laughs) 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 he has a very large nose and an insatiable appetite for baked goods oh yes specifically this like certain kind of bread i think it's called leaf bread or something like that cool yeah he's gonna steal it from you the next one's kind of funny too this is meat hook a meat hook. Yeah. All right. Snatches he snatches up any meat that's left out with his meat ho- hook and he especially likes smoked lamb. And then we've got the last guy, candle beggar, who follows children around to steal their candles, which I apparently used to be like really sought after in Iceland and to double up on that, they used to be made out of tallow, so they were also edible. Oh. All right. We're cool. cool. Yay. Uh, You did mention that in 1746, it was banned for, like, or outlawed for parents to scare their children with grilla. Same goes for the Yule Lads. They apparently used to be much more scary than they are today. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there also used to be as many as 82 Yule Lads. Holy shit. Yeah. I hope they all had ridiculous names.
0: (laughs) I don't know. Except the one that was just named, like, Earl.
1: (laughs) So I don't think that they all did. I think that as time went on and as, like, stories and myths were collected, eventually it ended up being just the 13. And I think that the names were, like, really solidified, concreted into what they are today when this dude, Johan Err Kotlum, Kootlum, Kotlum, one of those, <laughs> close enough. <laughs> he wrote this Yule Lad poem, which is a really long poem and I'm not going to read it, but dear listener, I think that you can, if you look up Yule Lad poem, you will find it on the internet. It is very, very long, but very, very good. And it was published in 1932 as part of this sort of anthology called Christmas is coming or Yolen (laughs) coma. That sounds better. (laughs) It does. (laughs) This sounds cooler. (laughs) That might not be the correct pronunciation, but yeah, essentially it was, it was published in this book and it, maybe it wasn't an anthology. The entire book might've been by this guy because I have seen other poems as a part of this book by the same guy. Either way, he published it and there are English translations on the internet for it. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I I like these pesky little fellows. So do I. I really want to meet Door Sniffer. (laughs) Doorway Sniffer, sorry.
0: Uh, No, I had seen a little YouTube clip uh, because I very much admittedly did not do a lot of reading on Yule Lads, but I saw a little clip of you know, sort of in conjunction with them um, being used to in, using to be <laughs> um, when they were much more scary, and how they kind of got like Christmasized. Ooh, what'd you see? So originally, their costumes were their little outfits were all colors of Icelandic wool. So they were different shades of brown, gray, and black, and they were often in like tattered clothing with wild hair and wild beards, and looked like little mini trolls. And then when things started to get associated more closely with Christmas and be more associated with, you know, just leaving a rotten potato and not eating you, (laughs) then they also got the sort of the American Christmas treatment and they became white bearded red and green little outfits and they looked like little christmas gnomes or little christmas elves, elves yeah. instead of horrifying monsters
1: that came and sniffed your doorway i honestly prefer the horrifying monsters <laughs> <Me too. laughs> they're so much cooler
0: They're so much cooler i mean like i i don't think it's you know i think it's unfortunate that yeah. everything gets this like like this Coca-Cola Santa Claus wash over it and there's all these super cool traditions all on their own. I agree, dude. 100%. Well, we've got one more member of this family to discuss.
1: Let's take a little break before we Okay, before we bring this one up. All this right. one this one I think was a favorite of ours. Yeah. <laughs> when, we, when we were originally looking over these monsters. So we decided we wanted to save it for last. For sure. So we'll be right back. Totally. We will see you soon, witches. Welcome back. Totally.
0: All right. So before we start this next one, I want to give a huge thank you and shout out to listener Kate. Yeah. Long time fan of the show. (laughs) But Kate actually suggested this one uh, through our Instagram as requested by us. And... We were super stoked to to do some more reading and research on this. So, thank you so much, Kate. We love it when listeners uh, send us little messages or replies. So, always feel welcome to do so. Totally. We have all of the hearts for you, Kate. And sometimes, we'll even do a topic of your choosing. So, you know, if there's something you really want to hear, that's the great way to reach us. Yeah, absolutely. So, this third and final member of this Icelandic trio, this... Holiday horrifying family
1: is the Yule Cat. Yeah, Yule Cat. A.K.A. <laughs> Yule <Yule-Katerin>.
0: Yeah. <which laughs> I'm pretty sure just translates to Yule Cat. Yeah. <laughs> or Yule Kitten, something like that. <laughs> so the Yule Cat
1: is sort of thought to be old Gorilla's pet. Sort of. Yeah, she's like the the family pet. And there's a
0: lot of sort of, like, thoughts around when this started or when it didn't start, and it's kind of basically no one knows. No one knows where the Yule Cat came from, but it was tied to Grilla and made famous by a poem by our favorite Icelandic poet at this point, the 1932, like, that anthology collection that you mentioned, Lindsay, by uh, Johan Kutlum and... Yeah, he like writes about he has this big long poem (laughs) about the Yule
1: cat, but ties it in with Grilla and the Yule lads. Disclaimer, it does not rhyme. When translated to (laughs) English, I wonder if it rhymes in Icelandic, but I don't speak Icelandic, so nor do I. The Yule Boys does rhyme in English. Oh, that's (laughs) weird. I know. know. They may have, like, replaced certain words. <laughs> 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 so
0: some people think that, um, the, like, the Yule Cat dates back as far as the Dark Ages. But the earliest written accounts are only from the 19th century. So, you know, basically in and around Johan's lifetime is when, and I'm sure he had a lot to do with this, was when this really started to become popular but troll cats are actually a Scandinavian thing. And so in Scandinavian folklore, witches and wizards can conjure up a a creature called a troll cat um, using various ingredients like nails and the bones of the dead to do their bidding. And also like Icelandic shamans could take the shape of a feline body. I did not know that Iceland has cats, but almost no dogs. Oh, I didn't know that either. Yeah. Up until very recently, you were not allowed to have a dog in Iceland. And even now, you have to have a special permit to have a dog.
1: Oh, that's kind of sad, but, though.
0: But almost everybody has cats. Wow. Yeah. There's actually a whole bunch of other like cat folklore in around uh, uh, Iceland in Scandinavian countries that we'll have to cover at a later date. <laughs> <laughs> but that was one of the things that popped up when I was going through this. Oh, that's so weird. Interesting. So, what does the Yule cat do? We've got gorilla who'll steal children to make a stew, and the Yule lads who'll like suckle
1: your sheep and lick your doorframe. <laughs> <laughs> What's the Yule cat's business? So the Yule cat kind of like prowls around. I think more like closer to Christmas Eve, and the Yule cat looks for if you're wearing new clothes, essentially. Oh. So the Yule Cat is going to look and see if you're wearing new clothes or look and see if you have received new clothes. And if you're not wearing those clothes or if you have not received new clothes for Christmas or for Christmas Eve, I don't know, like Christmas Eve jammies or whatever. Oh, man. The Yule Cat's going to fucking eat you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a real snob <laughs> I lo- so every
1: other family that I knew did Christmas Eve jammies right like a lot of people do that so that's yeah. kind of I, like I don't know what it is like in Iceland if Christmas Eve jammies are a thing or not but like in America a lot of people do Christmas Eve jammies so that's kind of what I'm assuming maybe not I don't know but like what a snobby dick <laughs>
0: So, so, I did some snooping, digging into this, and I'll have to say a lot of this information that I'm about to share came from um, a little PBS like episode of a show called Monstrum, and um, it was all about the Yule Cat, and it uh, d- linked this new clothes tradition to an actual like, practical nature around the wool industry in Iceland. Oh, okay. So... Uh, one of the like very first big industries in Iceland was wool. And still it's like an Icelandic wool sweater is like a big big hairy deal quite literally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so the the tradition was that basically, um, everyone who finished their chores before Christmas would get new clothes and lazy children who did not would face the Yule cat. Oh. And that was because it's thought it's not like a hundred percent because nobody quite knows where the Yule cat came from, but it's logical to think that because Iceland began uh, essentially exporting wool like back as far as like the middle ages and it was like important to them. Like this was their like way of making money and their biggest trade uh, so, it was vital not only to, like, towns, but also to individual families' survival. And post-harvest, pre-winter, is when all of this wool harvesting and preparation would be done. So, you spent, like, most of your summer, like, growing food for the winter, to, like, be able to survive the winter And then you had that brief period in between uh, the end of the harvest and the beginning of Yule when it was, like, dark all the fucking time and winter really showed up and, like, you really needed that fucking wool scarf to, like, survive. Uh, Basically, that time was used by the entire family to, to do all the, like, responsibilities associated with wool production. So, not just shearing the sheep, but carting the wool, separating the fleece, spinning, knitting. And it was done, and it was an honored tradition in individual families with their own, like, knitting patterns and shit like that, too. But... It was like a holistic family thing. It wasn't the men did the shearing and the women did the knitting. Everyone did everything. Oh, that's awesome. And it was really expected that kids participated. And if they were too young to participate, this is often like a big family tradition because it was dark at night, um, that like they would like sit and knit. And while the adults were knitting and the older kids were knitting, the younger kids would like use this time to practice their alphabet, read stories to the family. And this was apparently... One of the ways that even as far back as like the Middle Ages, Iceland had an almost perfect literacy, even among the poorest people.
1: Wow. So, yeah,
0: sorry. Total tangent on wool. No, (laughs) but that's so awesome. But that just goes to like emphasize how important the wool production was and the sort of the splendor of all of this was if you got all your chores done, essentially, if you got all the wool carded and spun and knit into something, then you would give each member of your family a little gift, often something small like a scarf or mittens or something like that. And it was thought that, you know, you would get this on Christmas and you would wear this. And, you know, if you didn't have new clothes, quote unquote, it was because you slacked off during the most important time of year and didn't contribute to like to the
1: economic survival of your family dude super interesting now we've talked a little bit about what the yule cat actually does we've talked a little bit about where the yule cat comes from maybe but we haven't really talked about what the yule cat looks like (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay before
1: you heard the yule cat description what did you have in your head I I imagined it to be like a a very big black cat, like giant size. Okay, cool. Yeah. I uh, sort of
0: imagined like a big white lynx sort of like mountain cat kind of thing because it was big enough. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like like Charlie, because it was big enough to like eat a person was my thought. And I just sort of went like, yeah, it was like probably based like that. Turns out Iceland doesn't have any predatory cats. Oh,
1: no kidding. They only have house cats. (laughs) I did see a drawing on the internet while I was researching The first two, like when I first read about Grilla when I first read about the Yule Lads, underneath the Yule Lads was a picture of this very large black cat. So when I started reading about Uh, the Yule Cat, that was immediately the image that I had in my head. Well, it turns out you're right. Yes. (laughs) You nailed it. (laughs) So the Yule Cat is
0: often pictured or described as a huge, monstrous black cat. That appears on Christmas Eve when children are asleep, etc., etc. We know the story. He eats them. But how big is huge? How big is monstrous?
1: Well, I mean, if I were to guess, I would like, I guess, kind of picture a troll and be like, okay, so you're a troll hand size kitty. <laughs> or not, not like a troll hand, but like uh, with a troll hand, you would right, be able right, to right. comfortably pet it like right. as if a human hand were to pet a normal size cat.
0: Oh, that's actually really, that's a cool thought. I like that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Just this like Yule cat curled up in Grilla's lap. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: With their bowl of children's <laughs> stew. <laughs> so uh, the, the Yule cat is large, often described between human size to towering over houses.
1: Holy shit. Yeah. That might be bigger than I thought,
0: (laughs) but it's also like there are some um, written like poems about it that where like it's
1: just it's like a normal house cat. So I don't know. Oh, okay. I I
0: kind of like the big crazy version,
1: but house cat could also work. I mean, it would definitely be sneakier, like looking around and seeing if you are right. And it would also be
0: like like they have a lot of cats in Iceland. Yeah, and so you could like look out your window and be like,
1: oh cat, you cat, you cat.
0: It's important to note that the Yule cat has glowing eyes. They glow with an inner light. It's that's kind of weird. Scary. And sometimes it has been illustrated with tiny horns.
1: Aww. And now I kind of
0: want Django to have tiny horns.
1: Yeah, or maybe even rooster. Oh goddamn
0: it. <laughs> 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 so yeah, that's that's the whole family, the whole kit and caboodle. Grilla, her lads, her cat. <laughs> she shows up at Yule in the Christmas time, and wreaks havoc on everyone who is misbehaving, hasn't done their chores, and uh, leaves you leaves you
1: goodies, rotten potatoes, or eats you. Kind of depends on like how nice you want to be about it, right, dude? I love the idea of an entire family and their pet just like prowling around, being like, right? "We're gonna fuck with you. We're gonna <laughs> eat you, probably."
0: I like the idea of when that folklore changed to you get a rotten potato instead, somebody actually being like, like expecting a rotten potato and instead getting eaten. (laughs) (laughs) I I just, I don't know. There's something about that that screams awesome horror movie like (laughs) Troll Hunter, Hunter. which is the Norwegian horror movie that I was trying to think of earlier. It is in fact called Troll Hunter from 2010. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's our little cute little Yule family of holiday horrors, and I totally encourage you to go check out the poems for both the Yule Cat and the Yule Lods on uh, on Google or whatever. Yeah, they're, they're super the easy to find. Will have it. Yeah, they're they're, they're in <laughs> lovely, beautiful published books, but they're super easy to find on the internet in full. And for an extra special treat, the wonderful, talented, amazing Icelandic singer Bjork actually does a whole song in Icelandic about the Yule Lads. Yes. It's pretty cool. It's from like 1987. I was very surprised and it was was pretty cool. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well. We hope that whether you celebrate Yule, Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, anything, nothing. Maybe this is just an awesome time to get some sleep. Maybe you're like, who the fuck has time for sleep? Whatever your situation is, that you have a really, like, merry holidays. Enjoy, like, whatever is important to you over the next little bit. And, you know, that you have some time, a quiet moment, somewhere in the next week just for you. Yeah. Happy, happy from our little 5C2P family. And we wanted to, you know, just put out that reminder that it is not easy for everyone. And if you're sitting at home thinking, you know, I haven't talked to so-and-so in a while. I should give them a call. Don't wait. Do it. Just, just text them. Give them a call. If you think somebody would like to hear from you, they probably would. And if you feel like nobody wants to hear from you and this is an extra hard time, there are always people who are, like, ready to help, willing to talk about the biggest, the smallest things, get you resources, get you help, whatever you need. It's 1-800-273-8255 for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline in the U.S. So give them a call. They, they want to talk to you. Until next week, remember, no pervs, no Nazis. Totally. I really want Christmas jammies now. We never <laughs> did that. My dad did used to lick spoons though at the <gasps> dinner table. He
1: was the spoon.
0: He licker. was the spoon licker Oh my god! We were like all sitting down for dinner, and he wanted to like mess with us. He would just reach over and lick our spoon, oh and we were not allowed to get a new one. What? <laughs> it's <was> kind of weird. <laughs> <That's> so weird. Wow. <laughs> we'd usually get a new one. I mean, we'd usually get a new one, but it was a big thing. <laughs> Yes, being lucky made me remember that. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>
1: All right. Happy Yule, everyone. <laughs>